Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. That's Q Myers. I'm JT, and we are here today. Coming off OTAs, getting you ready for what the future of this offseason looks like, and we'll get you ready for the start of the upcoming season for the Silver and Black. Q, good to talk to you. We got yes. a lot to get to today because Jimmy Garoppolo is right. making headlines around the NFL. We're going to talk about his status currently, and there hasn't been much change to it after the procedure that was done after he signed. But it looks like the way the Raiders redid that contract and some of the language that they put in, they have protection if he's right. not able to go. And if he's able to go, it's all systems go with Jimmy J. Right, exactly. It sounds like the protection was something that was very important to him. So they went ahead and, and took care of that, you know, readjusted the contract a little bit. And now I think we're all kind of in a, in a wait-and-see mode. You know, I mean, we saw OTAs come and go. We know mandatory minicamp is around the corner. And I think for everyone involved, you want to see Jimmy G out there for training camp. I think the key is, will Jimmy G be ready to go by training camp? That seems to be the bullseye right. the date yeah. that everybody's talking about until we hear an anything else until we hear anything on this topic we're gonna act like he's gonna be ready to go you know it's interesting I talk about this a lot as a sports talk radio host and you do too when someone gets a procedure or a surgery or a cleanup whatever it is you assume they're gonna come back a hundred percent right they don't come back 80 percent or 90 percent if that's the case then don't have the procedure right just play banged up a bit Garoppolo's been injured in the past, and it seems like the surgeries have all worked out. The procedures have worked out, and he's been ready to go. Right. So I, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that he's not going to be able to remain healthy. I'm going to assume if everything goes right, right with the procedure, he'll be 100% and ready to go. And then that's what you have to assume, you know. And, and again, I mean, it's concerning when it's Jimmy Garoppolo only because he's had the injury sure. history. So, of course, that's something that creeps into everybody's mind. But at the end of the day, you have to feel like no matter what report is out there, no matter what you're reading – the Raiders felt good enough to still sign him. I think a lot's at stake for Jimmy Garoppolo to a come lot. back. There's a lot of money at stake. He <laughs> yes. wants to be the quarterback here. When I interviewed him the day of his initial contract signing when he came in, he's very optimistic. Mm -hmm. I think he's an excellent quarterback in this system. The key with Jimmy Garoppolo is in this system, he doesn't have to learn this playbook, Hugh. Right. He's got the playbook down. He's an unbelievable passer in the short passing game, 20 to 30 yards. I don't think chemistry is going to be a problem at all, right. but you'd like to see him get the reps in with Devontae. Yeah. we got a brand-new tight end here. Mm -hmm. You know, Jacoby's here, Hunter. You want to get that chemistry going, but all reports are he's on pace to come back and be ready for training camp. And that's the thing about it with the weapons that the Raiders have offensively. I mean, Devontae is the best wide receiver he's ever played with. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it. You know, yeah, he's had some good weapons in San Francisco, but – Devontae's the best wide receiver, and we know that the rest of the weapons that the Raiders have, the offense could be explosive, but I think it would be important to get those reps early in training camp just to get familiarity, just so they can get that kind of, okay, Devontae, I want you to do this because my shoulder's moving, you know, so they can pick up on, on little things where they can communicate without talking. They've got to get on that page. Jimmy wins most of the games he plays. He's won four playoff games. He understands the playbook. He's a true pro. Again, we don't play trainers and doctors on the Roundtable right. podcast here, but I'm assuming that he's going to be here and ready to go because if he is ready to go, I've always thought that the offense will be elevated, Q, because I think he's better than the former quarterback because he's mm -hmm. better in the short passing game and right. he's better with this playbook. That's it. If you yes. want to say that this is a, you know, both quarterbacks are roughly the same, Carr and Garoppolo, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But I think the key to Garoppolo is his ability to absorb this playbook right. that he knows, the mm -hmm. principles of it, and get the ball out quicker and be better in the red zone. That's and the key right there. The red, the red zone's zone. going to be everything yes. this year because the Raiders are going to have to stay on the field and score a lot of points. Yeah, and I think that really the addition of Michael Mayer, the second-round tight end, I think mm -hmm. that's going to help a ton in the red zone. He's just really good at that. If you go back and look and see what he did at Notre Dame, he thrived in the red zone. And so Jimmy G has all of a sudden Devontae 
Adams, has uh, Hunter Renfro, he has Jacoby Myers, he has Michael Mayer, all in the red zone. Instead of having to throw the ball short and hope a guy breaks a tackle or two to get to the end zone, they'll throw the ball into the end zone. Well, as much as we all want to hear about Jimmy Garoppolo, and there is no news today on that, there was a lot of news last week on Devontae Adams. He wanted to clear the air. I thought the press conference was critical because Mm -hmm. of the article that was in the ringer. What does Devontae think about all of this, the offseason, the new quarterback, the offensive system that he played in last year? Here's Devontae Adams. The front office, I mean, I haven't had a relationship in, you know, in the past. This is 10 years for me in this game, and I haven't had a relationship like what I have with those guys. So everything's get taken out of context. I wouldn't be here. I mean, I told you guys right after the Derek thing, you know, I was here to stay, and I wasn't going anywhere. So you can you can take – you can grab something and run with it if you want just, you know, to, to get clicks, and that's what, that's what people often do with me and, and things that I say, whether I misspeak or if I speak up. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a Raider, and I'm excited to, to be here. I love, I love my, my head coach, and I love the, the general manager here and everybody, I mean, from the, from the top to the bottom. So um, I have no reason to lie. I mean, one thing I don't do is BS, so I'm not going to make anything up when it comes to that. I'd rather keep my mouth closed if, if I have negative things to say. But when I say that these are some, some good men in this, in this place that I, I really value the relationship that I have with them, I mean that. So. You know, that's, that's about all that needs to be said for that. That is a really big soundbite. Let's analyze it. First off, it tells you everything you know about Green Bay. Right. Because he didn't have that relationship in Green Bay. Right. He didn't have the ability to talk to the owner, the mm-hmm. GM, and the coach that way. He used the word love. He didn't say like. Right. He said, I love the head coach. I love the GM. Right. So he went out there, and you were there. You were sitting a yep. couple of rows back with a purpose. What was your takeaway from the press conference? Well, Devontae is who he is, right? And like he said, he's unapologetically him. I mean, and he's going to say what's on his mind. And the thing about it is he embraces the fact that he can go to Josh McDaniels. He can go to Dave Ziegler. He can walk in the owner's office and speak his mind. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do everything that he wants but they'll at least hear him out, whereas in Green Bay, as you mentioned, that wasn't the case. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the guy there. And, you know, the one thing that also stood out, JT, is at the end of the season last year in the locker room following one of the last games, I remember asking Devontae, especially myself, I just said, hey, are you okay with the direction that the organization is going? He said, absolutely. He said, that's what, that's, that's what I said last week, and that's why I'm, I'm going to be here because I do know the direction that the team is going to go, and we're going in the right direction. So he's very comfortable with being yeah. a Raider. The organization gave up a one and a two for him and paid him a lot of money, right. and he's a businessman. You talk about his briefcase coming to work and how he prepares. That's a total pro at a press conference who wanted to make it clear, I'm shutting down anything in the offseason that you might think I'm not happy about any issue here. Now, there's a lot of involvement going on on the health of Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to see what happens when the team comes back here. But I think Devontae went in laser-focused to send a message that he's on board Mm -hmm. with the entire organization, which is very important. And we often talk about this as sports talk hosts. This is an era now of player entitlement. And I don't look at Devontae acting like he wants to be entitled. Right. In the NBA, you got NBA players yeah. all the time. I'm yeah. going to leave. I'm going right. to leave. Just yeah, trade yeah, yeah. me. I don't yeah. care what it has to. Devontae's not like that, but he is entitled to talk to this coach right. and GM. He's and earned I, that. And I think the respect that Josh McDaniels talked about that he has and the ability to say what he wants is very important because Devontae earned it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. He's earned it. And that's something that uh, I, I just I be- believe that Josh McDaniels in that relationship with Devontae is good, is really good, just because of that open communication. And, you know, he has that, that ability to do that and walk in the door and say that. And he embraces that so much where, again, it was Aaron Rodgers' team in Green Bay. This is his team now. This is Devontae Adams' team. 
right? Regardless of Jimmy G being healthy or not, this is Devontae Adams' team. I agree. Him and Max Crosby. And so those are the two alpha dogs on the team, one on most, both sides of the ball. So he has earned that right, and he can speak up in the locker room. He even mentioned in that press conference he wishes that he had spoke up a little earlier last year, but he was still getting acclimated to the new team. So now he knows that from day one he can say something in that locker room and everyone's listening. Well, one of the good things about Devontae, too, he's been very fortunate. He played with Aaron Rodgers, one of the all-time greats, played with his college roommate Derek Carr, was a high-level quarterback, and now he's playing with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's won a lot of games. If you look at all of this, Mm -hmm. he hasn't played with the the bottom-of-the-barrel guys. He hasn't played with quarterbacks that are ranked in 28 to 30. He's had it pretty good, and he's always been the alpha where he's going to get the ball first. I think he's in a really good place. I don't know Devontae well, but I know people that do know him well, and he loves the golf out here. He loves the dining. His wife and kids love it. He seems to be really happy. You interviewed the author of the Ringer column there, Mm -hmm. which is why this all started, because he did say a couple things on the record, but it seemed like he went into the press conference here at the facility to clean it up. Exactly, and she even told me that, you know, Q, there's so much in this article that he said that a lot of people are missing because they're just looking at one line here, one line there, but he loves being a Raider. He's committed to getting this team where it needs to be, winning a Super Bowl. That is his goal with the Raiders, and that's what she said. She kept going over that. He is so committed to this organization, committed to the coaching staff, committed to his teammates. He wants to get it done, loves being on the West Coast. His family is so important to him, so being able to have his family at games is important to him. And she even said while they were doing the, uh, the interview for the article, his mom was making some, uh, some food at the house, right, some home cooking, and he loved every minute of that. So he's enjoying his t- time here in Las Vegas. Devontae looks all good from that press conference. Now we go to what you saw at OTAs here. And again, bringing in new players with established players. You got a limited view here, but what'd you see with the energy? You know, Mad Max is jumping up and down. Devontae's got the huddle quiet and the receivers, a new tight end, new slot receiver, and a couple of new players on defense. It's just good to see the football activities. We know that in OTAs, there's no, you know, there's no pads or anything like that, but they're going through drills and you're seeing the energy out there and you're seeing guys run from station to station and you're seeing the new guys try to pick up things. And you're also seeing guys like Max Crosby, as you mentioned, kind of be instructors, right? And start to be that veteran leader leader and then Devontae was just lead by example you know every single drill he's at the front of the line and then every other wide receiver is following in his footsteps and so it was good to see them out there uh, knowing that hey this is just the early stages of it but you know you see guys like Michael Mayer and you realize how big these guys are you know and that's the other thing is seeing them up close and personal and you realize how how much how big of monsters they are and Ja'Korian Bennett I did one thing stood out to me about him they ran a a deep route to Philip Dorsett and just tried to hit him with a deep ball and man Ja'Korian Bennett ran stride for stride, and we know that Philip Dorsett is a speedster. Ja'Korian Bennett is as well. What I like about this, too, we know that there's no Jimmy Garoppolo here participating in Tyree Wilson, obviously, because right. of what's happening with his procedure, and he'll, he'll be ready and good to go. I like the fact that the offensive line is healthy and they believe mm-hmm. in themselves coming right. off this. We're waiting on Josh Jacobs to sign his agreement on the franchise tag, but I think it's very important to see the offensive line come together, to be healthy, have another workout, another opportunity to be together because – the competition last year, you remember, you and I were here last yes. year, and we didn't know what was going on with right. the offensive line. Right. They were going seven or eight deep. Yeah. Now it seems like the structure's in place, plus some new additions on the mm-hmm. offensive line. So I think there's going to be really good competition, maybe for one position, instead right. of last year where there was competition for two or three. Right, and it seemed like the competition for two or three lasted, what, five, six weeks yeah, into the season, did. right? This is one where I think now they have the opportunity to get that, that starting five established and get their, their depth established as well. 
well. So week one, they know who their starting five on the offensive line is going to be. I think that continuity is going to go a major way. I'll also say watch out for the undrafted free agents, you know, the McClendon Curtises. Yeah. Uh, I think that guys like that, they, they can be pri- – they're a priority undrafted free agents signed immediately after the draft on the offensive line. They could provide some big-time competition in this training camp. When we come back, we'll take a look at the flex schedule. I love the fact that the Raiders have all these primetime games. Mm-hmm. Marquee schedule for the Silver and Black. But what about on the back end with the flex schedule and what the rest of the league thinks as we continue on Raiders Roundtable? Back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Q Myers, JT. We appreciate you watching. If you're watching on any of the platforms or listening on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black, I want to jump into the schedule, Q, and I'm excited about it. When the schedule came out around these parts, you're never thrilled with the Raiders' schedule. There's <laughs> always games right. that you look at and say, "Why was this? How could you right. open up with two games on the road?" That's right. really difficult to do because mm-hmm. they're the home openers. Okay, these aren't road games. It's the home opener for Denver and at Buffalo, which is, I think, going to be the toughest game of the year is week two. Yeah. But then the home game, which will be the season opener for the Raiders against Pittsburgh, a primetime game there. This schedule jumps out at me and says, really difficult early, but the fact that Green Bay and Pittsburgh are at home before week six, I think the Raiders have an opportunity for a couple of wins. That Charger game is critical. It's on the road. But that's really not a road game. That's a right. home game for the Silver and Black. There's no doubt. I mean, just looking at the schedule off top, I mean, it's it's a tough schedule, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But we knew the games were going to be tough because we already knew the opponents. But just looking at the way it shakes out and seeing those two games on the road, Denver and then at Buffalo, uh, those are going to be two tough back-to-back games. But then returning home, getting that home game and getting a primetime game. I mean, really, some of these games that could end up being some fantastic games, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, you know, even Detroit on the road. I mean, these these are all in primetime. So that they have a really fun schedule schedule as far as the primetime uh, games, and, and really, I was shocked this, that they had so many games in primetime. Yeah, I don't like the bye week in week 13. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody does. That's no. too late in the season. The latest it's been there. I don't like the fact that the Kansas City games are week 12 and 16. Right. I always want to get Kansas City early. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get them in week one or two just to have a there. better shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. play that yeah. game early. Yeah. And then the one that really jumps out at me, Denver week one and week 18. Mm-hmm. And that That's bizarre to me that you have it at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, but there is a run that a lot of fans have been calling into our show on. We start with that Green Bay game in Week 5. New England at home, at Chicago, Detroit is okay. Right, uh, They're not a great team. And then the Giants and the Jets back-to-back. There's an opportunity for the Raiders to get on a roll. They can't stub themselves early in this schedule, and that's going to be tough because after Buffalo, coming back to Pittsburgh, that's going to be a tough stretch. But most of the schedule... I'm okay with. There are many winnable games on that schedule. Yeah. The Raiders have to be healthy. They have to be pivoting at the right time, getting that offensive loaded. And we'll know with Patrick Graham right. by weeks five or six or seven if this defense is really rocking. Right, and they they got a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball. They added this offseason, right, especially in the draft, getting six out of nine guys on the defensive side of things. So Patrick Graham ha- has an opportunity to, to turn this defense around. You know it's led by Max Crosby. I think Tyree Wilson being out there with Chandler Jones is going to help out a lot. Uh, I'm excited to see 
see what the corners look like, especially uh, Jacorian Bennett, the fourth-round pick out of Maryland. I think that he's got the speed to be able to run with anybody. So that's really going to be the key, and that's going to help JT in the single-digit games that they lost mm-hmm. the season ago, right? So many close games last year that they lost. If they're in positions to hold out uh, and win a game because the defense has to go make a play, I think they have some guys that are pot- potentially can do that. All the guys that they drafted and brought in have made plays. I'm talking about strip sacks. I'm talking about interceptions. Being able to get their hands on the ball, that's something that the Raiders haven't had in the past. I think they have it now. I'm banking on the offense putting up extreme amount of points and and really staying on the field. I want to see the time of possession change this year. Many more first downs where Max and Chandler Jones and this defense can be on the bench and not have to play as many snaps and snaps. Now let's go to the Thursday night flex schedule which is a big topic because Mark Davis understands this, and he commented about the fans. He mm-hmm. cares about the fans. And the Thursday night schedule, this comes down to Amazon wanting better games. Right. And they put a lot of money into this package, and the league is taking a lot of money from these streaming companies. Right. And Amazon wants better games. So if we look at what could be flexed on Thursday night, week 15 with the Raiders, that's a really important game because it's a home game for the Raiders. Yeah. It's a rivalry game. But both of these teams are going to have to be in the hunt They have to be in the hunt for this game to stay the way it is. If one of the teams are out of it or not having a good year, that game will be flexed. It very well could be. I I could see that. Again, it has to be uh, very competitive games, and that's all Amazon wants is competitive, competitive, competitive because they are paying a lot of money. So I look at it with the Chargers being a a, a rival of the Raiders. I could see it being a game that they want to keep in that spot, but you're right. They can't have two teams that are struggling or one team that's just really bad. I mean, both teams have to really step up to the plate to be able to keep that, but that's really the only game Mm – that the Raiders have scheduled that they can get flexed out of. Now, there could be a time where they get flexed into that's a, a Thursday great point. night game. They can get flexed into yeah. a Thursday night yep. game. Yep. And I think that's very important. What happens if the Raiders get flexed into a Thursday night game? Well, the new rule is you'll have 28 days right. to let the fans know. So if the Raiders have a Sunday game mm-hmm. and they get flexed into Thursday, the fans are going to have about a month, right. 28 days to fix their airline Which tickets. is better than what we thought at first. <laughs> it's important because yeah. a lot of Raider fans travel from right. Oakland and Los all Angeles over. and yeah. all over. So yep. that's going to have an effect. And Mark Davis is aware of that also. And a couple of owners you know, wanted to vote this down. But it passed there because I think it's conducive for the league to have better partnerships with their streaming right. and television partners, which I don't have a problem with. But as you know, Thursday night football, everybody comes down to this. If you win that game, you get a bye week. Yeah. You don't play to the following Sunday, right. and it could do your team wonders. If you lose the game, mm-hmm. then you got to sit there and stew for nine days saying we have to win the next game, and right. it just doesn't bring a team together. It makes a team more desperate. So I like the Thursday night game if you can win it. Right. If you don't win it, you're in trouble. Well, the think about it from the Raiders' point of view. Their bye week is week 13, and then that Thursday night game is week 15. So it's yeah. almost like having bye weeks – every other week or whatever for a couple weeks. So uh, if everything goes right and they're winning those games and they obviously are are pretty healthy in their bye week, then they're looking good for that home stretch of the season. You know, and then who knows what can happen. I despise this kickoff rule. That's just me (laughs) personally. I've talked to people on the record and off the record about this rule as they're changing special teams again. As I've been saying for years, they're taking the foot out of football. So when you have a kickoff to start the game, most times they're going to kick it out of the end zone. Mm -hmm. So you have special teams players who are kept on the roster to tackle or to block, and they're not involved in the play. And now you have the opportunity to fair catch a kickoff where Daniel Carlson, that's his strength. He can put it inside the 5, he can put it inside the 10, and the Raiders, who are supposed to have elite special teams because you're trying to make the roster, are you going to keep an extra running back, an extra receiver? That's very important around here. So I don't like it in general. 
The whole league's got to deal with it. Your thoughts? I can't stand it. I really can't. You know, and I know that, and I asked Josh McDaniels about this uh, last week at OTAs, what his thoughts were, and he said they're going to – it's the rule, so they're going to work with it. But please believe that they're working on figuring out a way around it because that's so critical, man. You have a kicker in Carlson who can drop that thing around the two-yard line and make you return it. Now they can wave and get a fair catch at the two-yard line and take it to the 25. And, I, and that's the other thing about it that I don't like is why are the 25? If they're going to basically give up on the play, don't give them the 25. Don't give them the 20. Give them the 20. Give I them agree. the 15. Don't give them the 25. You're giving them a quarter of the field. It's an important part of how this roster is going to be constructed. It's yeah. very important when you look from the 47th player up to 52-53 yeah. that those are going to be special teams guys. Of course. Now you're taking them out of the game. I mean, on punt coverage, I believe we have the best punter in the league. I talked to A.J. Cole about this off the record. I'll leave it off the record, but A.J. is a weapon for this team. He yep. can he can directional punt. He can kick it high. So I think that's going to be the strength. But I want to see Carlson have the option to do what he can do, and that's not going to happen here anymore. All the teams, I think, are frustrated with this. And when it comes to protecting players and the safety of the game, the coaches are all going to say the same thing at the podium. They want to protect the safety of, of the players. We all do. Yeah. But this is tackle football. Yeah. And you're taking a large chunk of the tackling out, yep. which is special teams where guys are running at full speed, the wedge, everything yeah. that you need to do. What happens at the end of the game if the Raiders are down six? and they need great field position. Right. They're probably not going to wave it off. They're probably going to take that kick and try to break one for 35, 40 yards. Right. Maybe if they're up by eight or nine points, they'll fair catch it and play conservative. So there is a little gamesmanship on what's going to happen. There is, and I know that these coaches are smart enough to get into the lab and figure out exactly what they can do and make it work for them, and that's what they'll always do. But I'm just with you, man. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that they're taking that element out and you're rewarding the other team for basically giving up on the play, just saying, you know, and it's like they're doing it in college football already. They're doing it in high school football, and I don't like it on any level. I mean, again, it's it's a it's an area of the team that some guys, that's all they do. We call guys special team aces for a reason. Absolutely. That's what they do. They're special team aces, and now you're basically eliminating their job, and these guys are trying to make rosters and stick on a roster and have a career. Look, Matt Collins a year ago was a special teams ace that ended up being a good wide receiver for him, but he was brought in for special teams. Yeah, and a lot of the Patriots in the past, we talk about yeah. some of the players that have come over. That's been the strength of New England and some other teams. Kansas right. City, very good. It's going to change the way they play the game. We're excited to tell you about Media Day next week, yes. where we're going to have in-depth team coverage right here inside the facility. And we're going to be out there with the players. We're going to have extensive interviews. It's really going to be a special day because I think mm-hmm. the fans are ready to see what we can do in this building right. and how we can give them the access that they want on Media Day. There's no doubt about it. Raider fans always want as much access as possible, and we're going to get that opportunity. Media Day, get to basically uh, meet and greet and talk with all the players on the team and just bring as much uh, information to Raider Nation as possible. So, yeah, that's always a date on my calendar that I have circled I look forward to. We used to do it in Napa, which had some benefits. Now it's not that hot here just yet. Right, right. I love being close to home and being in this building. This building's amazing. So to host Media Day, to have this great studio that we have, to have the ability to go inside or outside, I really think you're going to enjoy our coverage next week. For Q Myers, I'm JT. We'll see you back here for a very special edition of Raiders Roundtable and our media day coverage next week. Thanks for joining us.